chilling everybody welcome back to diamond talk today we'll be doing our st louis cardinals draft and this is a pretty interesting team you know at one point we kind of well we didn't challenge nick nick challenged himself to see if he can find a better franchise than the new york yankees me me and rob obviously just scoffed at him and said there's no way and the closest team to that was probably the cardinals though uh he, he had a decent argument for the cardinals you know, eventually we came to the conclusion, because me and Rob were judging it, that there's no way they were close to the Yankees, but that's a story for a different time here. Yo, Rob, Nick, how you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Ready to uh, dive in here with the uh, Cardinals draft. Definitely one of those teams that is stacked in terms of their present day guys and their history. So definitely a lot of good picks coming up here. Yeah, man, I'm super excited to continue the Corona Chronicles, although we're getting out of them back to regular baseball. But, yeah, this is exciting. Looking at the Cardinals team doing the research, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of ways to play this. So I'm excited. Yeah, man, you mentioned you mentioned the ending of the Corona Chronicles coming up, which was our uh, self-titled uh, series here of drafts and things like that. Uh, we're going to go back to having regular episodes. And just so the listeners know what that means, it's kind of just we're going to keep up to date with what's happening in the MLB, which was kind of what our show was meant to be originally instead of a, a, a draft show that's kind of become during the time. But we'll be keeping up to date with the stuff happening in MLB every day. We'll report it to you guys. We'll give you our takes on it. And, you know, so, some other pretty cool stuff. We have some pretty cool people coming on to look forward to. I know our next episode, we're going to be doing a Marlins draft with a Marlins beat writer. So some, some good stuff to look forward to. But today... We're 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 in St. Louis, man. And even though Nelly didn't wasn't here to introduce us with his uh, Missouri rap music, uh, we're gonna go ahead and try try to make it work. work. So, without further uh, interruption, man, let me let me set you up with the St. Louis Cardinals. This was that Nick's intro for the team. Here we go. The St. Louis Cardinals were founded in 1882 when Chris Van D. Iyer, that's I can't say that name in any language. Bought the barnstorming baseball team to St. Louis Brown Stockings. As a, as a charter member of the American Association, they were renamed the St. Louis Browns. St. Louis baseball actually began in 1875 as the Brown Stockings, but because of reorganizations to the franchise, the team before 1812 are not considered in the history of the St. Louis Cardinals franchise. In 1899, they were rebranded as the Perfectos to emulate a winning persona, and they changed their colors from brown to white, red, and white. They joined or came back into the National League in the late 1900s. Reporter Woodley McHale overheard a fan saying a lovely shade of Cardinal and began calling them the Cardinals. All right, that's, that's a cool way to get a name. The name stuck and was officially changed in 1900. Branch Ricky was the owner slash manager of the 19, in the 1920s and is credited with the inventing of the minor league system today. In the 1930s, the team was known as the Gas House Gang due to their unruly appearance. Gang, gas House Gang. I've never heard that one before. Right. Uh, once again, in the 1980s, the team had a nickname of Whitey Ball, associated with manager Whitey Herzog. Small ball approach with no real power hitting. That has changed a long way. The Cardinals have always been well-known for fan support and have not been lower than fourth in home attendance since 1996, except for 2004. Uh, they were the second biggest radio network with 117 stations and reached 21 million fans on the radio. In fact, because of where they play and broadcast from, on a clear summer night, their local station can reach parts of 40 states. Oh, cool. This interesting fact led to, led to what is well known as Cardinal Nation and a major contributor to their numbers and strong allegiance to fans. A fun fact is that the Cardinals 
George Bradley threw baseball's first no-hitter, and Fernando Tatis has an MLB record of two grand slams in one inning uh, against the Dodgers, who, if, if you see what I'm seeing... It, it doesn't say Dodgers. <laughs> against Channel Park in April of 99. And then, let's see, what else we have here? They had 83 gold glovers, 27 silver sluggers. They have 11 World Series championships, 19 NL pennants, 20 MVPs, three Cy Youngs, three Cy Young seasons, six Rookie of the Years. Uh, what else do we have here? 12 Hall of Famers. I mean, 50 Hall of Famers, 11 of them wearing the Cardinal hats, 12 Hall of Fame managers, and one Hall of Fame announcer. And uh, by the way, I didn't introduce our guest. Well, our guest today is Rob Branscombe, who is a Cardinals fan. Robbie B. Did we miss anything on the Cardinals? Is there anything that should have been added there? No, I just I, uh, I thought that was an interesting bit about the the history of KMOX, and that's actually uh, very accurate because I'm I reside in Arkansas, and so Cardinal Nation spreads out pretty much over the history of the airways of KMOX, and so I'm a breed of that and a brand of that, and so Arkansas is is a very flushed uh, Cardinal Nation state, and so guys, I want to thank you for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure. No problem, man. We're, we're glad you came on. We're, we're excited about this draft. And, you know, let's, let's just get to it. You know, let's, let's, you have our first pick, by the way. By the way, here we have two Robs. So you're going to hear me say Robbie B for, for Rob, Rob Branscombe. And for our original Rob, we'll go with OG Rob or Rob R. or He'll, he'll know when he's up. Uh, Rob Branscombe, though, you get the first pick, man. Who are you taking? Guys, I hate to do this too, and it's probably no surprise of what's going in your mind. My favorite player of all time, especially wearing the Cardinal uniform for as long as he did from the Dominican Republic, Albert Pujols, first base. Whoa, okay. So that's, that's, a real that's a real interesting pick because we were debating on whether or not he was going to be worthy of that first pick. And and he was. So, so tell me about, about Albert Pujols, man. What, what, made, what, made you, what made him your number one pick? It's just, you know, as, as, as a kid growing up, Albert, without question, is it plucks the heartstrings of a lot of fans and uh, the community and the area. A first baseman, see, I was going to be creative. Uh, I, I might have thrown him in the left field spot uh, just for, for draft purposes. You can if you want to later, I, bro. I mean, I, I'm probably going to hold off. I got some outfielders that I, I got uh, that are going to be in that mix, but I'm going to have Albert at first. Man, he's... He really is the man. He's the machine. He he was he was pretty much everything for that franchise for as long as he's been. He's really been crafted into a an NL MVP, All Star, World Series champion, all the accolades. Uh, we were hurt to see him go in eleven, but Cardinal management is not known for its history of being able to just reap uh, the the older type players in these contracts. So we were sad to see him go, but you know, happy to see that he was being successful. In, as, as an angel for the time that he's been there. We love it. We love it. And he is a big part of Cardinals history. And, you know, we, I think, I think the difference between Albert Pujols and someone else who's probably going to get picked up in the next uh, couple of picks is that Albert Pujols, you know, he did leave to Anaheim. So a lot of people, you know, that, that, that shortens his career with the Cardinals, which shortens the numbers that he would put up there. But his, his time in, in St. Louis was absolutely amazing. He was, in my opinion, he was the best player in the game during that time. I can't think of anyone that was as good at and as complete of a player as Al- as Albert Pujols during his time with the Cardinals. So, 
Great pick number one. We're gonna go to Nick for number for his first pick. Nick, who are you taking? Um, taking the guy that I think is the greatest Cardinal player in the history of the game. And Albert Pools is definitely right there with him. But the performance that I, the guy that I'm going to pick is just that much better. Career 331 hitter, on-base percentage of 417, a 976 OPS, three-time MVP. And he missed the 1945 season to play – or sorry, not to play, but to fight in the military. The year that he came back, he was MVP. And one of the coolest and most amazing stats that can only happen in a sport like baseball and why you have to be romantic about baseball. This guy has a career hits total of 3,630. Exactly half of those 1815 are on the road and the other half obviously are at home and is the only player in the history of the game to have half his hits on the road and at home. And to have it with 3,630 hits is absolutely crazy. In my opinion, he's the most underrated player in the history of the game because, as I've talked about before, he is a stats leader all time in average, not like number one, but he's in the top 15, sorry, top 10 for 17 of the major 29 stats that Baseball Reference has on their page. So just overall, maybe the greatest player in the game. He He's in the argument. I'm going to go stay in the man usual. We love it. We, we, we love it, man. And we've had this discussion before how Dan Muse is one of those guys that isn't really one of the first guys that you think of in like the GOAT conversation, but he absolutely should be. You know, his numbers of St. Louis and his career there were amazing. He, this guy did it. You know, he's, he's obviously a fan favorite, but if you look at the numbers, the numbers are there. You just mentioned how he's a career leader in a lot of things and it's kind of sad that he isn't mentioned more, you know, and I think that has to do with some of the region, like the region aspect of being, you know, baseball fan. But, you know, Stan the Man Musial, definitely a great first pick by you, Nick. Another right, really yeah. cool stat for Stan the Man Musial. He played oh, 21 oh. seasons, played 21 seasons, and has 24 all-star appearances. That doesn't even sound like it could be a real thing. I don't, you know. Can, can you That's how amazing that? he is. What's how, that? How did he- can you explain that? How does that happen? Oh, yeah. yeah. So in from 1959 to 1962, MLB had two All-Star games. They had a, a first half and a second half, and he made double All-Stars all four years. So he had eight All-Star appearances in four years from 1959 to 1962. <laughs> Look at that. That's, oh, that is context. Yeah, I love it. All right. Uh, now we're going to go to OG Rob. I already know who one of his picks is going to be. If I, could, if I was a betting man, I, I'd, I'd probably pick both these picks. But I'll let Rob do it. Rob, who are you taking with your first and second pick? Yeah, so uh, two very solid picks to open up the draft here for the Cardinals. I think Pujols and Musial are undisputedly the two best hitters in franchise history. So I'm going to go ahead and go down a different route, and I'm going to take undisputedly the best pitcher in franchise history. He was an NL MVP, a two-time Cy Young Award winner, nine-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glove winner, over 250 wins. I do believe he's currently tied with CC Sabathia um, with the 251 wins, which would mean both of them are tied for second all time um, for wins in MLB for African American pitchers. In my opinion, the best African American pitcher that the that the game of baseball, the MLB, has seen. Um, his whole career was essentially a peak. I mean, he was that good for the Cardinals. But if I did have to shrink his peak down to a bit, it'd probably be 66 to 72 where he averaged 19 wins per season with a 2.42 ERA and a 1.07 whip. 
And he did have an MVP and Cy Young season in 68, going 22-9 and with a 1.12 ERA and a .85 whip. Till this day, the lowest ERA in a season for a pitcher who throws more than 300 innings. And my first round pick here is going to be Bob Gibson. Such a good pick. I love it. And I, yeah, really good pick. That's who exactly who I thought you were going to take. Also, I, I thought it was could be insane if that, that wasn't your pick there. Look, man, something about Bob Gibson that people don't realize, this guy was an absolute monster, right? So he, he stood at 6'2", was a monster of a man. Uh, something that kind of gets credited towards Bob Gibson is that when he was pitching, they changed the height of the mound. They had to lower it because it was just that dominating. You know what I mean? Like he threw. How do you say that? Because I was so going hard. Well, I, I stole your notes, so so we're good. But yeah, so Bob Gibson was just so dominant during his period there that they're like, "Yo, we have to, we have to do something to kind of even it up a little bit." Because right now, our the hitters that are facing him have zero chance, so we have to do something. And that's what they ended up doing. They, they lowered their, the the mound a little bit. Um, I think it's, it's lowered to what it is today. I know you probably have a little bit more on that, Nick. So if you do, uh, feel free to add that in then. No, I mean, that's it. It it was lowered the year after Bob Gibson had the 1.12 ERA to today's height. And it just, I mean, it's crazy because it was literally one pitcher who did the domination at that level. Nobody's even come close to a 1.12, not that year and not since. So lowering the mound definitely helped. But Bob Gibson, it's... I have different levels of pitchers as far as who's the best pitcher, who's the best arm. And it's between him and Pedro Martinez as who is the most dominating, but he is definitely the most intimidating. I have a feeling any major league hitter would rather see Randy Johnson even than Bob Gibson. It's a great pick. He's, he's a stud. That's a great pick. Can I also add, you know, I, I think a lot of people are forgetting about Gibson with 255 complete games over a 17 year career. And I believe and you guys can fact check me on this. I believe in 68, he had 20 to his name. The fact that if you just take a step back and, and look at a 20-game completer for a season, like who in the league now or even the past 10 years has gotten close to that? I mean, nothing's coming to my head, obviously. I mean, you guys can probably speak about it, but to have that many complete games, now obviously you know it's different now in this league where people are going to save arms and they're going to try to be able to be more creative and crafty of how they're using their pitching, but man, the guy was a bulldog. And the fact that he was able to complete that many over that long of a career is honestly speaks numbers to itself. There you go, man. Yeah, it's a great pick there. You also get your second pick here, uh, OG Rob. Who are you going to take it with your second pick? Yeah, so for my turnaround pick here, um, it shouldn't come as a surprise to you guys just because you guys know how big of a fan I am of this player. It could come to a surprise to some of the listeners because, look, if we're being real here, we're going to do this draft. You're going to hear us talk about a lot of players with, uh, you know, tremendous amount of home runs and tremendous amounts of, uh, oh, this is a, a all-time leader in OPS. That That's great. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go to defense here. I'm going to go to an elite level of defense, simply going off of positional need. Um, I think this guy deserves credit, and I think the uh, Rob being the Cardinals fan can definitely give his take on it, but I think this guy has done a tremendous job taking over, essentially as the face of the franchise after Albert Pujols left to go to the Angels. Nine-time All-Star, nine-time Gold Glove Award winner, four-time Platinum Glove Award winner. He, de- he does have a silver slugger in there for, for all the hate that he gets for not being able to hit. I mean, he's a career 282 hitter, 
from 2011 to 2013, which was probably his peak of, of hitting. He averaged 16 home runs and 74 RBIs with a 313 batting average and a, and a .842 OPS. He's going to go down as one of the best defensive catchers of all time, probably a top 10 catcher all time to ever play this game by the time that he's retired. Um, and even though there will be arguments out there in terms of better hitters getting taken over him, when you look at leaders and the importance to this franchise, for my turnaround pick, I'm going Yadier Molina. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone in in the world who was ever listened to, to this uh, podcast was surprised. I, I think uh, what's it called? It's a great pick there. He, like you said, when he finishes his career, he's going to be a top ten all time catcher. Defensively, speaks for itself. You talked about the platinum award winning and the and the gold gloves and all that stuff. Like he is, he's kind of who you should look to if you're trying to be a catcher from the defensive standpoint. Not not like the last couple of years is he's a little slower. Things like that, but he still gets the job done, man. But great, great pick in Yachty. He, he absolutely helped that pitching staff too. Uh, I want—I I didn't look at the numbers, but there's a correlation between the ERA of the pitchers when he's catching and whenever they've used like uh, you know his backup and things like that. And I'm pretty sure those numbers are are, are way better, at least in, at least in a way where you can tell that there's a difference with him being back there. All right, man. Uh, Nick, you're up. You get your second pick. So before I go to my second pick, <clears throat> I do have to admit, I'm actually, I'm not shocked that Rob went with him in round two. I am surprised. And my congratulations to you, sir. That was, I believe, the first true fan pick that you've ever had where you really bolstered somebody up kind of above maybe where he normally would go. But all respect because that when you consider him to the franchise, he's definitely in the top. I mean, I had him ranked number seven overall, and that's not even being a fan of the Cardinals. So that is a great pick. Uh, for my second pick, I'm going to start on what is known as our bullshit, and I'm going to go with the guy who can play first, second, third, short, left, center, and right. The only thing he can't do for me is catch and pitch, and he probably could do that. But I'm going to go with a guy who won an MVP for the Cardinals in 1925, two triple crown for the Cardinals. He led the league in average, I believe, seven times, on base percentage seven times, slugging eight times and OPS nine times in his time with the Cardinals. And if they had gold gloves back then, he would have been a gold glover. If they had all-stars back then, he would have been an all-star. But they didn't have it towards until the end of his career. But And we've heard this name before, all over the field for me, career on the Cardinals, 359 hitter, which is number two all-time, 477 on base percentage, 995 slugging, or sorry, OPS, he is number two all-time in runs with 1,089, sorry, three. And he's also top five in RBIs with 1,076. And I'm going to go Mr. Rogers Hornsby, and I'll decide where to place him later. Uh, yeah, so that's probably, what, the eighth time he's on, he's on all this guy here? Mr. Mr. Yeah, Hornsby. he only played for seven teams, which is crazy. Yeah, and he, li- he literally has a case for making the all-time team for just about every franchise that he plays for. Exactly. Yeah, no, we, we, we see that. Yeah, and, you know, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he played all around, you know, the field. So whenever you draft him on those teams, you can you have the the choice to, you know, put him in you have a you know, Hall of Famer top all player all time player to put literally anywhere you want. So great pick with Roger Hornsby. Am I tired of him? Absolutely. No, we gonna hear no we're not. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, let's go. Let's go. Uh, uh, Rob B. 
Rob B, man, you get two picks here. You get your second and your third pick. Who's going to be your second pick? Well, I'm going to have to. I feel like I could talk position players all the day, but uh, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with my my starting lineup here soon, or they're going to be taken off. I'm going to go with a guy that is a 144.94 win loss career, 3.76 ERA. The guy is just an absolute bulldog. Like I said, it's a reference I use to pitchers that if you need a, a game seven win, or just a, a must win, I got to go with this guy, Chris Carpenter. Man, he's wow. uh, I, I, someone that I looked up to as a kid. He was my go-to pitcher. Like I said, man, in sudden death, when you needed someone to go on the mound and just eat some innings in the dog days of July and August, he was your guy. He stayed healthy for the most part of his career. Cy Young winner, I think it speaks for itself. I don't, I don't need to speak too much about it, but I want to go with Chris Carpenter. Great That's an amazing him. pick. <laughs> it absolutely is, man. Uh, like, I, I don't think we're, I don't think the Cardinals are, are slacking in the pitching department. I think there's enough guys there, but Chris Carpenter, recent pick, I love it. You, you know what I love about that pick? It's a real fan pick because you saw, you saw Chris Carpenter pitch. You saw how important he was in his years in St. Louis. He pitched there from from 04 to 2012. Uh, his best season there was 2009, was a 17-game winner, 2.24 ERA that year. And let's see, yeah, he was he was second in, in Cy Young voting. So he had a great season there, and he had a great time with the Cardinals. Actually did end up winning a Cy Young there one season. So great, great pick of Chris Carpenter. Who's going to be your next pick? Right. I'm going to ask, like I said, uh, I had Albert Pools uh, kind of in the first base slot, and I was going to be talking about putting him in the left field slot for these purposes, but that's all right with everybody else. Um, if I can slip him over to left field. Wherever you want, sir. Wherever you want. Uh, guys, I hate to do it to you. I'm surprised he's been on the board this long, but I am going to fill that first base spot with Mac, Mark McGuire. I'm not going to speak anything about it. Gas or no gas. I mean, the guy was just hammering it in that season. I know everyone watched the Netflix 30 for 30 special on it, the long gone summer. Man, I mean, the, the numbers speak for itself. 62.2 war, uh, over 1626 hits, 583 home runs, you know, career batting average of 263. Not great, but, you know, I, I think it is hall worthy of conversation of stats. Now it goes back to moral and character, but guys, I'm going to go with Mac for my first base slot and my second pick. Not a bad pick at all, especially when you consider that he had a season with 70 home runs, followed that one up with 65 home runs. And, you know, his, his time in St. Louis wasn't as long as his time in Oakland. But still, look, the numbers he put up there were, were incredible. Like you mentioned, the, the documentary. If you haven't, we, we, had, an, we had an episode talking about it. It's, it. It tells you just how big of a hitter, you know, Big Mac was. When it came to the home run department, and there's some other stuff there that if you watch the documentary that they'll get into, but you know, as far as having great Cardinals, you got to put him up there. He's, he's literally a story guy. I don't know if you can find many other players other than with San Francisco who have a 70 home run hitter. So great, great pick with McGuire there. Nick, your backup. Who's going to be your second pick? I mean, your third pick. So hopefully, I'm not wasting everybody's time, but I got to speak a little bit to the Chris Carpenter. I am. I am happily shocked that he got drafted in the second round because he is so underrated and looking at his numbers in my opinion there are two top tier choices for st louis pitchers which is bob gibson and chris carpenter and the reason chris carpenter is there for me is because of his injury history 
and I had a whole spiel. Let's just say he was injured a lot, and a lot of it was just random stuff here and there because it was all over his body. It wasn't the same thing. It was shoulder. It was knees. It was elbow. Um, it was back. I think he had a total of seven surgeries over his career. So a guy's just a stud and rightfully placed in the second round, and it really throws off my pitching because I thought I was going to be able to get him a little bit later, and I'm not. So I'm going to go with the hitting and a guy that I am – very happy to take here in the third round. Hall of Famer, pretty short stint with the Cardinals in that he only played four, uh, sorry, seven seasons, but all-star uh, four times, top two MVP votes twice, led the league in batting average in 1939 with 349, led the league in home runs that year as well and the next year. He also played in the military, not on his time with the Cardinals, but just goes to show you, you know, what we missed out on because he probably would have had another home runs in his career. But I'm going to put it first base, Mr. Johnny Mize. Johnny Mize. And I feel like we've heard that name before. Has has he been drafted somewhere else yet? Yeah, I forget what team it was, but he has been drafted before. Yeah, let's see. Let's see his time with the Cardinals here. Uh, that's where he started off his career before he went to the New York Giants, not the football team, obviously. Um, what's it called? Yeah, so he led. He, he had a couple seasons where he led the league in home runs. Had a couple seasons where he led the league in RBIs. Uh, so you know, very good player, obviously. Here was an MVP running for the Cardinals. Pretty much every year he was there, minus his rookie year. So great pick there with Johnny Mize. Uh, and I think that the, the other team we drafted him for was actually the Giants, probably. I think it was. Yeah. Because he, he absolutely owned it there, too. So, great player, Johnny Mize, with your third pick. And now we go to OG Rob. OG Rob, who are you going to take with your third pick? Yeah, so uh, pretty solid picks that have been taken here. Um, I was definitely surprised by the Chris Carpenter pick. I thought that, the, that we might have waited a little bit longer on the pitching. But considering he is the other Cy Young Award winner, I'm not too surprised. So, definitely a good pick there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to come, I'm going to come with two, uh, hard hits right here with, with both of these picks. Um, and for this first pick, I'm going to take probably a guy who's going to fit very nicely at the top of my lineup. Um, six time all-star two time world series champion. He led the league in stolen bases eight times. He had 888 career stolen bases in St. Louis. Um, pretty decent hitter, 299 average in his peak. Um, but obviously, we all know him for his stolen bases. He from 66 to 74, he averaged 67 stolen bases a season. And you know, we all know Ricky Henderson. But before there was Ricky Henderson, there was Lou Brock, and that's going to be my pick here. Nice, Lou Brock, you going with Hall of Famer? Yeah. Yeah. Right, so man. he he he's going to be my pick here for for the outfield, and then. Um, I'm going to add another outfielder to him. And, and this is just to completely just uh, piss off Nick. Um, but yeah, so, so my second pick here, my second pick here is going to be a guy that Nick is a really big fan of. Uh, three-time All-Star. We're going to add some more gold gloves to the team. Six, six-time Gold Glove Award winner. He played over 1,100 games in St. Louis. Um, he had three seasons of hitting 300 or better, six seasons of an OPS over 900, a really good underrated, I will say, bat for them because he's usually overshadowed by bigger names in the lineup. But we're going to place him right out there in center field, and we're going to take Jim Edmonds off the board. You're my least favorite person in the world right now. That one hurts. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> that hey, one hurts. I, I, you know what? I love how you're building your team. Your defense is, is stacked, man. You got Brock and Edmonds and, and Molina behind the plate. 
Plus, we, we talked about Edmonds having one of the best catches we've ever probably seen in the game of baseball. One of the the best. Yeah, yeah. Just when you take into account the level of difficulty of a straight line drive coming right at you, you know what I mean, right over your head, and then going back and making that kind of catch, it, it, it's crazy. You know, it, we, <laughs> we were in a discussion in the, in the, what's it called, on the Facebook site, and we were talking about baseball and athleticism. I can't imagine anyone watching that play and then ever questioning an outfielder's athleticism because it is, it is insane. Granted, not a lot of guys can do that, but there's a lot of guys who can. Maybe not to Jim Edmonds' level consistently, but as far as athleticism, I think you, you know, it, it definitely speaks for how well some of these guys play and how athletic they are. All right, Nick, you're up. Yeah. Oh, Jackson was not. I guess you can't question his athleticism by any chance. <laughs> Definitely not. You can probably go play wide receiver anywhere at that time. You know, Nick, who are you going to take with your fourth pick? I don't know. I have no idea because that was going to be my there fourth pick. There we go. There we go. That's what I like to hear. There we go. Oh, man. I, so, honestly, bro, I was like, do I take Edmonds third round and leave Mize, hopefully, to swing around? Yo, like, I, nah. thought, I thought you were going Edmonds. I thought you were going Edmonds, and I was taking Mize with my two picks. And when you went Mize, I was like, well, then it's easy for me because I'm taking Edmonds. I'm not letting you get Mize and Edmonds. Oh, man. Which one? So, as a fan, I'd rather have Edmonds. As a somebody building an all-time team, I'd rather have Mize, but just barely. Good Lord. All right. Well, yeah, since you do have such a good defensive team, I'm not letting you stack up on shortstop. I'm going to make this quick and easy. I'm going to take the all-time best shortstop ever defensively. Ozzie Smith, let's get him. Let's let's lock up the center. The wizard, center. There we go. I was wondering when the wizard was going to come off. Yeah, I, I had a feeling he, he was not saved pretty long. So I had Edmonds and I had Ozzie on my tap list, and then I just got cranked back to back. So. Smart tab list, that's for sure, man. But, I mean, there's nothing to say with Ozzie Smith. He is the wizard, and he does have the second most amazing play I've ever seen in the history of the game. And it, I could put it right there with Edmonds, but for an infielder, when he's going up the middle, he's playing in San Diego, but he's going up the middle. He dives, and in the middle of the dive, the ball takes a bad hop, and he bare hand grabs it as he's already got both hands going forward. And it's it's amazing. It's the body control that he had is second to none. I don't think any – even gymnasts can't control their body the way he did. The other fun fact about Ozzie Smith for me is he actually went to college at my local college where I was growing up, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And he was going to donate $4 million to build them a field. And the college decided not to because they didn't want to put his name on it. And that was the point where I'm like, I'm not going here for school because he's the greatest shortstop ever. He wants to give back. He was going to 100% fund a baseball and softball stadium, practice facilities, weight room, nutritional center, everything. And they decided not to for whatever reason. But uh, got my shortstop locked up, and I don't even know if I need a second baseman at this point. I'm just going to have a rover because Ozzie Smith got it all. All right. Uh, yeah, look, man, Ozzie Smith, 15-time All-Star. And I'll, I'll say this. He's probably the last Hall of Famer we'll ever see with less than 30 home runs on his resume, just just in the way. That's story. Yeah. His power numbers are, are, are not something to look at. He, he literally had seasons where he had zero home runs. In today's game, he probably would would be uh, I don't know what's his, who's that dude uh, Iglesias. They, they got the shortstop. He's probably that, except obviously he's an exceptional shortstop. Uh, all right, man, Rob Branscombe, you're up, buddy. Uh, who are you gonna take with your fourth and fifth picks? 
Yes, that's a that's a hard beat to follow. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, knowing that what was just selected uh, previously, guys, uh, tip of the cap to you for for making some big time moves. So, I uh, congratulate you to your team. So, I'm going to have to go around the diamond, the hot corner. Uh, I feel like you guys are are you've either got him circled, but I have a feeling that Nick, you probably have someone different. I'm going to go with Scott Rillon for my third baseman. Three hundred. Excellent. That was my number one guy. 81 batting average, over 2,000 hits. And there's, there's a lot of people questioning uh, Scott Rowland as a clubhouse guy. And that said, through over his tenure, you know, either with St. Louis or Cincinnati, I know him as a Cardinal, will always be a Cardinal to me. Uh, but, folks, there's there's not many people that can man the hot corner and barehand uh, a few few hot ones down the line like Scott Rowland. Guy's just a true hitter, man. He, you can see the grit in his face when he's in the box. Uh, man. It's just, I think the 2006 World Series was really a, a big one for him, especially that was kind of the last, the 06 World Series with Edmonds and Roland and Albert and all those guys. Those were kind of the last tenure that all of them were together. And so I think he really broke out. So Scott Roland from my third base. I love the pick. And, you know, the one thing I've been liking about these picks so far is that the defensive values there. Scott Roland's another unbelievable defensive. Third, a defensive player that's been chosen here. Absolutely monster at third base. Probably, it, you know, we, we, we think of Aaron, Nolan Arenado right now as the best third baseman defensively, him and Chapman probably. But in in the in that time when Scott Rowland was, was playing, to me there was little doubt he was the best third baseman in the majors as far as defensively. And offensively it was no slouch either, man. So a great pick with Scott Rowland there. I know that if uh, you're a pitcher, you're, you're definitely happy to have him behind you. Who are you going to take with your fifth pick? Yeah, I'm also going back with defense. Uh, this one's going to maybe switch it up. Recent Hall of Famer, over 2,400 hits, 248 jacks, 285 batting average. Not known for his bat, but the man is the switch hitting catcher. Simba, Ted Simmons will be behind the dish. Ooh. I'm sorry, who, who do you take, Ted Simmons? Ted Simmons. Okay, awesome. Look at that, man. We got our second catch. Look, that's the one thing that I didn't have a fear of with the St. Louis Cardinals. I knew that they had uh, more than a few good catchers. So, great, great pick with Ted Simmons there. Again, look, look another thing where it, it looks like you're, you're, you're uh, what's it called, setting out your defense. I love it. Uh, Nick, who are you going to take over your fifth pick? So I'm going to go defense as well. And now that I get to wait on catcher, because both teams have a catcher, and I, I know Rob's not going to sneaky move Yadier Molina to first or third. I know he's going to keep him a catcher. Uh, I'm going to go third base right here because I think there's only one other guy that I really want. And with his time on the Cardinals, he has – sorry, let me make sure. Um, he does have five gold gloves. He was a 1964 MVP. And he has 11 all-star appearances in his 10 years. So he was part of that time where you could get there twice. But he has MVP'd over, MPV votes over five of the years. Really solid third baseman defensively and offensively. He had a total of 1,668 games, a 293 average, 832 OPS. And with that MVP, it really kicks it up a notch for me. I'm going to go with Ken Boyer as my third baseman. Ken Boyer, not not surprised at that one. Uh, what's it called? Multiple time All Star of St. Louis. He played for he played on a few teams and then we were with the Dodgers. But 
his time in St. Louis was definitely his best his best time. Had had about like eight All Star appearances in his time there. If if I'm correct, I'm bad at counting. I'm sorry. He was an 11 time All Star though, so he definitely had. Oh, that's that. Those are the seasons where he had back to back. I got you. That that makes sense. All right. He had uh, some of those. Some of those All Star seasons were the ones where Nick was talking about previously, with having two All Star appearances on the same year. So Ken Boyer's a part of that. Love it, man. Great, great pick with Ken Boyer. Uh, OG Rob, who are you taking with your fifth pick? Yeah, so uh, for my next pick, um, I'm going to take a name that might not be as well known as some of the more uh, recent guys. Um, so definitely I'm going to go with an uh, old-time name here. Um, but he did play over 800 games with the Cardinals. Um, I have here his uh, – for, for the time that he was there with the Cardinals, he did hit 326 for his entire time there with a .948 OPS his uh, peak from 1927 to 1931, he averaged 123 games played with 23 home runs and 100 RBIs per season while hitting 338 and a 1.09 OPS. Um, he's definitely, if you like, he, since he's not one of the well-known guys, um, like people might not might not realize it, but he he's he's top ten on a lot of offensive categories and even top five in some um, for the Cardinals all time. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, finish closing out my outfield here, and I'm going to take Chick. Haffy, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Haffy, Haffy. Um, but yeah, that's going to be my pick here for this round. Going old school. Somebody named Chick. That's 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 a that's a daring right there. He's a Hall of Famer yeah. though. He was only an All Star once, but I'm pretty sure that at that time the All Star selection. Like, yeah, that, it's not the same. Yeah, we didn't have yeah. it as uh, readily available. <laughs> <laughs> he led he led uh, the league in batting average in 1931 was an MVP consideration four times in his career. So uh, definitely a good player there. And you said that rounds out your outfield where a ball will probably never drop with, with the guys you had. Uh, who's going to be your sixth pick? Yeah, so – and then for, for my next pick, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm gonna take a guy who, uh, since, since both of these guys I think already have uh, their first base locked up, I'm going to take uh, a guy who definitely – was another prominent first baseman, considering that first base is, is one of the positions where the Cardinals are deepest at. But I'm going to take one of their, who I consider to be the, the top, near the top, you know, with Pujols and Maguire and Mize up there uh, in terms of first baseman in franchise history. Two-time All-Star, we're adding, like, even more defense, six more gold gloves to the team. Um, he won a silver slugger. He was the NL MVP in 1979. Um, in, in terms of of his real peak from 77 to, to 82, he was hitting 303 for the Cardinals with a point. 848 OPS and in his MVP season he led the league in runs scored he led the league in doubles and he led them with a 344 batting average and we're going to take Keith Hernandez to be our first baseman wow Keith Hernandez going to be happy yo Keith Hernandez got to be the pick here Keith Hernandez has arrived in back-to-back episodes I I don't know how I feel about that man just because of the mustache hey man his, his stat his stats make him welcome on both episodes. So I'm fine with having him in both episodes. All right, man. I mean, look, I can't, I can't be mad. He, he had a great career. Uh, he was definitely one of those guys where I think because of his role in the media right now, you kind of don't think about his playing days as much as you should. But he, he was good in St. Louis, man. He uh, What's it called? He won an MVP, as you mentioned. He was in the MVP voting there five different times. So... Definitely a good player. You mentioned the gold gloves. Uh, your team is defensively stacked right now. Uh, what's it called? Let's go back to Nick. Nick, who are you going to take with your sixth pick? 
With my sixth pick, I'm going to go to the outfield, and I am surprised that Rob filled out his outfield so quickly with the names left, and I'm really happy that he took Hafey over the guy that I'm taking. He played in with the Cardinals from 1938 to 1953, and in his 13 years, he has 10 All-Star games, and he did miss three years to the war, which was right in the middle of his prime, and he is a Hall of Famer. His time with the Cardinals, uh, I have him ranked a lot higher than a couple other guys. In fact, he's my third ranked outfielder, so I'm stoked to get him. But he hit 305, 384, 463 with an 847 OPS. He's top five all time for games played with the Cardinals. Also top five in runs and RBIs. Um, he didn't. They didn't do gold gloves or silver sluggers back then. So I, he was a really good defensive outfielder. He played all over, so I can use him in any position out there. I'm going to take Eno Slaughter to join Stan Musial in the outfield. Eno Slaughter, great, great name. Anytime you have a borderline felony as a part of your last name, I'm going to be interested. And that's why he was number three outfielder for me, just for that. Just for the name. There we go. Look, man, and you mentioned those three years that he meant that he missed. Bro, that is that is at a prime time in his career. So he didn't play from his age. He didn't play. He didn't play his age 27, 28, and twenty nine seasons. Those are typically seen as peak season in a player's career, especially for guys who are Hall of Famers. Those are years that they're pretty much putting up those sick numbers in their prime. But Mister Slaughter out here, MVP voting multiple multiple times, was multiple time multiple time All Star, and his career could have been so much better had he had those those three years as far as just the, the ending number. But Eno Slaughter, great pick here. Uh, Rob Branscom, your backup man. Who's going to be your sixth pick? I was worried uh, one of my picks was just about to get snagged, but uh, it was a great pick with Slaughter. I got to go back. Man, my outfield game is non-apparent, so I'm going to have to uh, switch that up a little bit. Kurt Flood is going to be manning the center field position for me uh, with over you know, 85 jacks, 293 batting average. You know, the man uh, was a legend in center field. And a lot of within Cardinal Nation have very heated debates about the all-time list, and it's between Kurt Flood and Jim Emmons. Uh, if I had to pick between one of the two, uh, I am leaning Edmonds as my all-time list, but unavailable for me. So Kurt Flood's going to be manning the center field position. So nice pick. pick uh, this is kind of a fan pick, and it's hard to do whenever you're in my position. Uh, but this this is a guy that I feel like gets clouded about the success that he had uh, in in the younger part of his career. Uh, One sixty two and ninety five all time, and win loss three thirty nine career and ERA, three time All Star, two time Gold Glove, World Series champion, even a Silver Slugger. Adam Wainwright's going to be my next pick. I feel like Wainwright is just because he has continued his career and it's gotten painted over the past almost a couple years. I mean, that's just with age. Uh, 6'7", 235 frame. The man obviously shut the door in the 2006 World Series. He manned the closer position when Israel Housen was uh, injured. And Wainwright is a guy that obviously, I don't know how many Mets fans that we have. I haven't asked you guys, but the 2006 NLCS uh, with the big hook against Carlos Beltran. Adam Wainwright is going to be uh, taking my next starting position uh, for SP. Two great picks there, man. Kurt Flood. I'll start off with Kurt Flood here, man. He was multiple-time Gold Glove Award winner. Um, multiple-time All-Star with, with the Cardinals, too. So that's a great defensive pick there, too. 
you did mention him and Edmonds being, you know, comparable as far as playing center field out there. And Adam Wainwright, you know, that's one of the things where I feel like it's a real fan pick there. Adam Wainwright has been around for, for a while now, and he kind of snuck up on you age-wise. <laughs> at, least, at least with me, uh, at one point he was uh, – uh, I thought he was going to be an absolute, you know, top one ace, and then I feel like I blinked, and he was, you know, in his late 30s. So really weird pick. With, with, I mean, really weird transgression of Wainwright's career there. He did miss that entire 2011 season. I believe that's when he had Tommy John. But, you know, three-time All-Star, you mentioned his contributions to those World Series, which were, you know, absolutely great. That's what will set Wainwright apart as far as his uh, Cardinal lore. Great, great pick there, man. I'm, I'm loving it. Yo, Nick, you're back up. Who's going to be your seventh pick? Since I have to go starting pitching, since it's all gone, Wayne, that's an incredible pick with Wainwright. Uh, real quick on Kurt Flood, though, he's the reason we have free agency. And we cannot go with this draft without stating that because it's amazing that one guy can cause free agency and he is the man to do it. So great pick there, especially historically. So he was deserved right there. Um, so to start my starting rotation, I have to go with a pitcher who pitched for the Cardinals from 1930 to 1937 he's a hall of famer he won the mvp and got mvp votes in five of his six years with the cardinals all-star four of the years led the league in innings pitch three times complete games with 26 24 29 and 28 four times and just i mean like i said hall of famer before the cy young was out there but he was first in MVP voting in 1934, second in 1935, and second again in 1936. So I'm going to say he was probably going to be the Cy Young those three years, and I'm going to go with Hall of Famer Dizzy Dean. I love a guy, love a guy whose name is Dizzy. That's never, that's never something I'm going to shy away from. But, yeah, look, he had, he had a pretty short career compared to a lot of the guys. He only played – he played till his 31 season – there's age 31 season, then didn't play for about six seasons and finished off at his age 37. He, he won that MVP that you mentioned. And yeah, at, in, in St. Louis, the time of St. Louis was amazing. Four-time All-Star, uh, was in the MVP race where he finished th- in the top three, three different times. So great career there by uh, Mr. Dizzy Dean or DD as I'm sure his friends call him. Uh, Rob, you're up, buddy. Who are you going to take at seven? Yeah, so uh, for for my next pick here, like both of these guys did, I'm going to start tackling the starting pitching. I already have Bob Gibson manning my my rotation, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take another guy here who who, he had a shorter stint with St. Louis compared to some other guys that I still have out there for for pitching. But he is the franchise leader in whip all time um, at a 1.08. And his 1985 season with St. Louis was probably his best in which he went 21-8 and with a 1.93 ERA and a .93 whip. And he led the league in both of those categories that year. Um, so even though his stint was short, I do like the, the fact that he does have the lowest whip in franchise history since that's a stat that we always like to look at for pitching here. So I'm going to take John Tudor for my next pick. John Tudor, man, got, got to love that pick. Especially, especially for his time in in the Cardinal uniform, he was also a uh, what's it called? He was also a Boston Red Sox. Unfortunately for him, 
But his time with the with the Cardinals, man, he finished second inside young voting. He was a top ten MVP vote getter. Uh, John Tudor, great great pick here, man. Who's gonna be your eighth? Yeah. So then to follow up that pick, um, I had to really think about who I wanted to go with here. Um, just looking around at some of the names that were still left, and since Rob and Nick already manned down their hot corner, I was looking at some of the options. You know, trying to see who I want to fit in there, and there is a guy that I can. Um, that they play a little bit of third base and I can shift over to that position. And I, I prefer his stats with St. Louis over some other guys. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take a former NL MVP here. Um, his MVP season, he led the league with 230 hits, 137 RBIs. He hit 363 with a 0.976 OPS. Um, he was there from 1969 to 1974. And in his real peak from 69 to 71, I mean, he was getting over 200 hits a season, 21 home runs, 113 RBIs. He hit 326 um, for for St. Louis. Well, he, during his whole time there, he had 308. But for for his peak there, his his best years, he had 326. So I'm going to take a guy who might not necessarily be known for playing third base, but he's probably going to play third base for me. And I'm going to take Joe Torrey. You're a terrible person. Yeah, I know. I did it to you again, didn't I? <laughs> you did. You, you did. Are, you are a pretty bad person for that one. I'm not gonna lie to you, man. That is, he can play third, man. He can play third. No, you're I know. Not, I mean, you're not I, I, I down as well, but you're still a terrible person. No, yo, you know what's the the interesting thing about Joe Torrey is I almost missed him when I was doing um my research because you know like just as a as a general like like je- doing your basic research, I always search like you know who are the top blank you know fill in position here for for a franchise and I look at like what most lists say and then I like kind of look around for other names and you know people that might not necessarily be named Joe Torrey isn't even listed as a top five catcher for the Cardinals because I do believe most of the time that he spent there he was an outfielder I think or first base or something like that third and first yeah yeah, like he like he primarily played other positions. Um, so he wasn't even listed as a catcher. And then I was looking at the list of like the best players in history and I saw Joe Torrey and I'm like, that's interesting because I know Joe Torrey to be a catcher and I didn't see him on the catcher list. And when I looked up his stats, I was like, wow. Like the fact that I almost missed out on Joe Torrey, um, if I not if I wouldn't have done like such deep research. But yeah, he's he's compared to some of the other options that are still available, I'm definitely comfortable with him manning the hot corner. Um because he definitely brings an MVP with him, and and he brings he also brings um, just overall just great hitting. Like I said, he averaged for his peak, he was hitting over two, he was getting over two hundred hits a season. Um, so yeah, definitely a name you might not think of there, but yeah, I'm gonna go Joe Torre for third base. Love Joe Torre, man. I definitely was thinking of him as the, as a catcher there. I thought uh, who, who's the one that I think I thought Nick might have uh, put him back. Oh there. yeah, Nick, Nick was definitely thinking of him as a catcher too. We all know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Nick, who is going to be your eighth pick now that that's not an option for you? I don't think it matters. Uh, <laughs> with the third baseman going so – because I knew he was going to go first base for Rob. And with the third baseman going so early, I thought for sure Rob was going to wait till you know, 10, 11, 12 round. But, man, that is that is a soul-stealing pick for sure. Uh, well, there's not much left in the starting pitching. Like I said, I, it while it is quote-unquote deep because of their history, the quality – isn't there the way I would expect. And with my catcher being gone, my outfield being pretty loaded already, and my infield pretty much done, I'm going to have to do my second starting pitcher. I'm going to go with a guy that played from 1940 to 1952. And there's other guys that have better stats, but they're much earlier in baseball with less teams and less competition, which is why I put this guy above. And he's got 
he was in the MVP voting three times, all-star twice. And his career with the Cardinals, he has, let's, sorry, it's a total of 1790 innings pitched. And the crazy thing to Rob Branscombe's point earlier, he has 122 complete games and only 128 wins. So this guy was an absolute monster on the mound. 1.18 ERA, or sorry, whip with a 2.91 ERA for his career. And that whip puts him fifth all time for the Cardinals. And I'm going to go with Harry Brechin. Harry Brechin, that is not a that is not a name I uh, would have ever thought about. I'm sorry, what position did he play for you again? Or was he going to play for you? He's starting pitcher. All right. And that's, yeah, that's one I've, I've never heard about, man. But I'm loving it. A great pick there. Yo, Rob, Rob Branscombe, you're up, buddy. Who are you going to take with your eighth pick? Oh, gentlemen, man, it is. We're, we're getting to the nitty-gritty, but we're just going to have to go deep down into the to the leaderboards and, and start to sift through. I'm going to complete my outfield uh, with a right fielder who didn't spend the majority of his time uh, with the Cardinals. He, he had previous stops, 313 career batting average, 383 jacks, 6'2", 185-pound frame. The guy was just in the heat of it during the 90s era of baseball. He was in that mix uh, in between 89 and retired in 2005. So he, he was not known to be a Cardinal, but I will know that he was respected. Uh, I'm going to go with Larry Walker to fill that right fielder position. I'll let you guys go on from that. Nice. So, I mean, like I, I said, I mean, he's, he's notable for for being a Rocky all-time. I'm not going to take that away from him. And that's that's one thing I think baseball is is good for. And I think being a fan, it's especially when it comes down to the Hall of Fame choice about what what symbol is on their hat in the Hall. I mean, he's just a Rocky, plain and simple, but uh, he definitely was respected in his time in St. Louis and even had a even had a 2004 World Series appearance, which we won't have to discuss the outcome of what happened there So, for, for time's sake and, and for my broken heart that happened in 04. Uh, guys, uh, for the next pick, it's going around. Um, I really need to fill some of these infill positions, but – it's kind of, kind of just keep keep on going on. I'm gonna take Matt Morris for my for my next starting position. Uh, Matt Morris was a guy I think that was really underlooked uh, for his career majority. Guy was another bulldog position, like I'm gonna say a lot. With he, he could eat up innings, you know, with, with strikeouts, one twenty one and ninety two win loss, three three nine eight ERA career, even had a couple saves. So, Matt Morris uh, is going to be filling my starting rotation. That's nice, man, good picks there, Larry Walker. Like, you, you know, you hit it on the head. He is he is going to be remembered as a Rocky when everything's said and done here. Um, he's probably going to go in and be. You know, his plaque is going to be from the Rockies. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Matt Morris, great pick there, too. Uh, we're going to go ahead here with Nick. Nick, who's going to be your ninth pick? So my next pick, I'm going to I'm gonna finish up my starting pitching. And because there's really only one other guy out there that I think is worth putting on here, basically from his time on the team. And his time on the team was from 1938 to 1945. No real awards, unfortunately. He did have all-star appearances, I believe. Yeah. 
so two all-star appearances on his time with the Cardinals, and he actually did win the 1942 MVP. And I'm going to go with Mort Cooper. Career with the Cardinals, he had 1,480 innings pitched, a 2.77 ERA, and a 2.35 average against. And so for me, I'm happy to put Mort Cooper to anchor my staff at the back end. All right, man. Got, gotta love that. Got, gotta love a Cooper pick here. Yeah, three time All Star, which is which is great. Uh, didn't finish his he didn't finish his career out with uh, St. Louis, but he did have that MVP season there. Uh, really good pick, Rob. You're up. Who's gonna be your ninth? Yeah. So for my next pick, there's two infield positions that I have to fill up: shortstop and second base. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna take care of one of those positions um, with this pick here. Probably the second best shortstop in the history of the Cardinals. Obviously, Ozzy has has that title because he is the best defensive shortstop we've seen in the entire game of baseball. Um, but this guy was a three-time All-Star, three-time Silver Slugger, two-time Gold Glove Award winner. Um, he, he averaged 150 games played for the Cardinals, hit 290 from 1999 to 2004. And his best season was probably 2003, in which he hit 330 with 194 hits, 100 RBIs, um, and was an All-Star, won a Gold Glove and a Silver Slugger that season. He's made one of my teams before. He was my shortstop for the Atlanta Braves draft, and he's going to be my shortstop here, and I'm going to take Edgar Renteria. Great pick there, man. I, I was I was surprised. He, I mean, I'm not surprised he hadn't gone yet, but I thought he would go during this draft. So a great, great pick of Renteria there, man. And he's he's won, uh, what's it called, World Series of multiple teams too. Who's yeah. going to be your, your tenth pick? Yeah, so for this pick, um, so here's the thing. So I'm going to leave my last starter as my last pick because um, both of these guys, I believe, already have uh, three starters. Um, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, but here's the thing. I'm, I'm just going to give a, a, a quick explanation. The last episode that we did, right, we did the New York Mets all-time draft. For some reason, after we did that draft, there was like a bad taste in my mouth because we left John Franco off the all-time list, like, and I don't know, that just sat wrong. That didn't sit well with me because I, I understand how we do the drafts and we look at stats. But, you know, it, essentially, if, you, if you're asking anyone all-time team-wise, John Franco is the Mets closer. So the fact that he wasn't on the on the thing, on, on our draft results for any of our teams kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'm not going to do that here. Um, even though there might be some better options out there in terms of isolating certain years statistically, but I am going to go with the franchise leader in saves here, 2.98 ERA. He, he was only a one-time all-star, but from his peak from 2002 to 2005, he had a 2.5 ERA. He averaged 35 saves per year with a 1.08 whip. And I'm going to take Jason Isringhausen to be my closer. That's an excellent pick. And that's, wow. I knew somebody was going to take it. <laughs> Great pick. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not because I. It's not that I, I. I think obviously, like one of us was taking Isringhausen, but I also didn't want to leave it up to chance that none of us took Isringhausen. So I'm like, I'm gonna take the saves leader because I think, like, I, I believe John Franco is also the saves leader for for the Mets, and even though his his uh, peak wasn't as dominant as you can as you can argue for Isringhausen with the Cardinals. I don't know. I felt wrong leaving Franco off that off that list last draft, so I'm going to take Isringhausen here. Uh, that's a good pick, man. Uh, you know, whenever we do these drafts, I know we typically go for the numbers more than well, especially since we're not the fans of every team. 
we typically tend to go for the numbers instead of what they meant to that team. So yeah, I came I came right. out of that mess episode a little yeah, bit. And, and I'm not saying we were we were at all wrong because there are legit argument. Like if you look at um I believe Nick picked Billy Wagner and uh I had Armando Benitez and and Abe had a uh, familia. Like if you look at either one of those guys and you isolate certain years, like yes, statistically they were better than John Franco. I just felt bad because I think um I was talking a little bit to Abe about this. I think f- maybe Franco. And if you remember like the Giants draft when no one picked uh, Gaylord Perry to be their starting pitcher, I think those were the two drafts where I was like, man, like we left like big names that would like, if you're generally speaking to fans about an all-time list would be there off. But yeah, um, I'm sure someone was picking Isringhausen here. Um, since I was just up, I-, I figured I'd take him to be my closer. I, I think he's, he's probably the-, the best choice for me here. Yeah, man, no, and, and I agree with you. I think, I think, uh, what's it called? You have to make that pick. You know, we, we, I think we try to win these things so bad we kind of forget that there are some sentimental picks out there for many fans. Uh, that being said, yo, uh, Nick, you're up, buddy. Who are you taking with your tenth pick? That's a great pick with Isringhausen, and it's nice to kind of treat the Cardinals right to have them drafted first. But I'm going to go with the guy that I feel is probably their best guy, and this I don't know if he is a fan favorite. I can. I can uh, pass it over to Branscombe after I pick to see if he is because he also played for the Cubs, the hated rival, but he is second all time with 160 saves. He is a hall of famer. He was there for two full years and parts of two other years from 1990 to 1993. And this is at one time, this was the greatest closer in the history of the game. And then you got guys like Mariano Rivera to come in and Trevor Hoffman to come in. But before that, this was this was the best relief pitcher in the history of the game, arguably. So I'm going to go with Lee Smith as my closer. Gotta love it, man. He's definitely – he's underrated just because what we think of closers in today's game and putting up the, the gaudy save numbers and things like that and, you know, pitching one inning. But, no, nah, Lee Smith was definitely one of those guys where the, the conversation for the modern-day closer – should have him in there instead of just what we talk about today. Obviously, Mariano, we think we, we consider the greatest closure of all time. But before Mariano, there were guys that got got that those numbers up there. And Lee Smith is definitely one of those guys. Uh, Rob, uh, give me your tenth pick. Man, a uh, lot of a lot of good picks. Uh, congratulate you guys on that. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I know it's it's hard to play the fan card a little bit, but this this is not necessarily a, a fan card with this pick. Uh, so I'm going to take Placido Polanco. Uh, he's a guy not notable to for his tenure with the Cardinals, even though it was uh, through 98 through 2002. He's mainly notable for his stint with the Phillies and then even a little bit with Detroit. I actually like Polanco. I think he's got a, a smooth stroke on his bat. Two-time All-Star, Silver Slugger, three-time Gold Glove, and he was even ALCS MVP. Uh, 297 career batting average. So uh, I'm going to be picking Plasso and Polanco. I'm, I'm gonna, probably going to be throwing him in that shortstop position. Got like that pick, man. Uh, you know, that's one of those things too where you got to be a fan of the Cardinals to even think about that pick. I'll be real. You know what I mean? When I think Cardinals, I do not consider Plasso and Polanco one of those guys. I do see him as a Detroit Tiger more than anything. But great, great pick there. Uh, who's going to be your turnaround pick? Ooh, uh, this is tough. Uh, tough because I, I need this position filled. And like I, what we just recently talked about, uh, playing the fan card, 
I, I'm currently right now, I'm, I'm sharing both of these in the face right now of who I'm going to take over uh, for my second baseman. Both of them are a fan favorite. I don't want to say the wrong, I know that there's no wrong answers in this group, but I, the argument I, I don't you know necessarily try to use is the potential that I see. And I know that this is an all-time list, uh, so it's kind of cliche to, to be throwing in a a guy that's still on the roster for an all-time list, which I'm not going to be doing, uh, but that's just because I'm a fan favorite of him. So I will not be I'll, – I'll mention who it is. Uh, but I'm taking Jose Okendo uh, as my second baseman. This is a fan favorite pick. Uh, this is a guy that has been around in the ball club for a long time. He's well-respected. Even after Tony LaRusso left in 2011, there was a lot of talks that he might be taking over the managerial position. Ultimately, that was not the case. Uh, but he still swallowed his pride. He was still a part of Matheny's staff. He was a part of Mike Schill's staff for a little bit. And then he's just so loved with the Cardinal Nation and, and the Cardinal organization that he ultimately wanted to stay in Palm Beach in Florida and work with the Rookie League. Uh, man, he's just if, – if you look at some of his highlights, I know his numbers aren't great. It's 256 career batting average, uh, you know, 821 hits, 346 OBP. So – He's not going to destroy you with his bat. He's primarily a defensive guy. Uh, so Jose Okendo is going to be man in the second base position for me. And I will mention who I was going to be talking about. Colton Wong gets a, a bad rap a little bit for some of his mistakes, uh, notable for the 2013 World Series. He just recently won the gold glove in 2019, but I'm a huge Colton Wong fan. Obviously, he's still on the current roster, but I, I just love his bat so much for a second baseman. He's got so much smooth and power. Defense speaks for itself. I, I really want to see him uh, explode in his career uh, coming up. So Colton Wong's a guy that that I'm I'm a fan of personally, but for a career list, I'm going to have um, Jose Okendo for my second base position. Love the pick, man. And, uh, you know, Jose Kendo, I know he's your second baseman, but I want to touch on uh, Colton Wong a little bit just because that's a guy that, that I – am more familiar with. You know, I, I love Colton Wong, man. I think that we haven't seen his ceiling yet. I know he had a really good year last year. I think that, well, not this year. This year doesn't really matter that a lot because it's going to be hard to tell who really is, what, what they would have done in 162. But, uh, you know, I get excited about Colton Wong. I think I'm one of the only people who had him in their in their top 10 for second baseman. But hey, great, great picks there, man. Uh, Nick, you're up. Who do you take with your 11th pick? So I know Rob isn't going to go with another catcher, so I'm safe. So I don't have to pick that and look at some surprise like Joe Torre. <clears throat> so I need to do my outfield, and I'm stuck between a rookie of the year with absolute wheels on the base pass for steals or the 1937 MVP, and that's the way I'm going to go. He's top five all time with a 335 average for the Cardinals. He played for them from 1932 to 1940 and then came back 47 to 48. In his MVP year, he did win the Triple Crown with a 374 average, uh, 31 home runs, and 154 RBIs. Overall, in his time with the Cardinals, he hit 335 with a 917 OPS. And even though that's my favorite number, and there are a couple other outfielders that do have a higher OPS, his overall stat line with 152 home runs, 811 runs, and 923 RBIs, I'm going to take to finalize my outfield, Joe Medwick. All right, man, Joe Medwick, not bad. Uh, he's a Jersey native, so I'm, I'm happy that you picked him. You're uh, welcome. 
No, I know you did that on purpose. I'm sure you looked that up and said, hey, look, what pick can I make to make sure that Dan- Danny's happy? So let's go. got to keep the folks happy, bro. I got to. That's how you stay on the show. But uh, what they called? All, all jokes aside, man, he had, he had a great career. Uh, his time with the Cardinals was amazing. He pretty much made the, the all-star team from his 22, from his age 22 year all the way through his age, uh, what's it called, 28 year, which was the time he was at the Cardinals. So great stint with them. He led the league in hits, doubles, triples, home runs, and RBIs in, in different years. So really productive guy, too. Uh, Rob, we're going to go to you, man. Who are you going to take with your uh, 11th pick here? Yeah, so the, these are going to be my my two picks to close out the draft. Um, the only uh, in terms of positional player position that I have left is second base. And for the second base position, I'm going to look at first base and I'm going to shift the guy who was primarily a first baseman over to second base. He did play um, some time there. He's a former NL MVP he averaged 157 hits per season, 16 home runs, 100 RBIs. Um, from 1922 to 1932, which was his stint there with the Cardinals, he hit 325 with a 924 OPS. And his MVP season, he led the league with 20 triples. He also led the league in home runs and RBIs um, while hitting 325 with a 1030 OPS. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Jim Bottomley and I'm going to shift him over to second base. Jim Bottingly, man, I, I kind of like that name. I, I uh, what's it called? That is that is one of the the better ones out there. His time with the Cardinals was really good, though. He pretty much spent uh, a little bit more than half his career there. Finished off in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, and uh, let's see, yeah, he led the league in doubles, triples at one point, homers, RBI. Another really well-rounded guy. Uh, only won one MVP was, but was in the MVP uh, voting at least six times. So. Great pick yeah. with uh, Jim Bottomley there. Who's going to be your next guy? Yeah, so for my last pick here, I need to close out uh, my starting rotation. And looking at the pitchers that we have left, I think we've done a good job of taking just about everyone that you have to name when talking about like the all-time Cardinals team. I, th- I think that the top four, Bob, whatever order you want to put them in, obviously Bob Gibson's number one, but then after that, Dizzy Dean, Carpenter, Adam Wainwright, I think those four guys um, definitely have to be there when you're talking about the Cardinals. So it does allow me some room to just make, not necessarily a pick out of out of uh, favoritism, but more of a pick of uh, kind of going with the, like you said earlier, kind of going with the guy that you've seen pitch. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and close out my starting rotation with the head of the Cardinals rotation right now. And I'm going to take Jack Flaherty. Good pick, man. Look, and he might be a, a projection pick more than he is a, an all-timer right now. But right. If, he, if his career comes out to anything that, his, that last year's second half was, this is a guy that we're going to be talking about for a very long time. And we're going to talk about right. being – one of the Cardinals all-time greats. So yeah, I, I, he, he I like should that. be one of their, he should be one of their top guys. I mean, and the thing with him is if you think about the format in which we do our drafts anyway, with already his 2019 season, he's kind of put up a season that, that would make him somewhat worthy for this style of draft. You know, I mean, he did post a 2.75 ERA and he led the league with a 0.96 whip while, while having 231 strikeouts and 196 innings pitch. So, I mean, his win numbers weren't necessarily there, but we all know how, how baseball has evolved. You know, just because you have 9, 10, 11 wins, that doesn't mean 
that doesn't really correlate with your um, ability to be an effective pitcher, as we've seen with Jacob DeGrom's uh, two recent Cy Young Award wins. And Jack Flaherty is the type of guy that, you know, you're talking, I mean, you're looking at National League. Yeah, you have you have your top uh, like veteran guys like a Scherzer or a DeGrom in terms of Cy Young conversation. But right there, you have the young guys. You have a Walker Bueller. You have a Jack Flaherty. You have an Aaron Nola. Um, you have a Chris Paddock, Mike Soraka. So like a lot of good young talent. Um, so I'm definitely comfortable with going with Jack Flaherty to be my last starter. There you go, man. Love it. We're definitely not mad at it. Yo, Nick, uh, who's going to be your last pick? My last pick is just going to be – I'm not a Cardinals fan, so I don't have any loyalty to anybody, and I got to pick a catcher. So it's going to be purely stats-based, and the all-time leader in OPS for the Cardinals, only 219 games, so it's only like a year and a half, 289 average. I'm going to go with William Bill Delancey as my catcher, and there's nothing really special to talk about. It's just a ratios thing. He was there for such a, such a short stint, but like I said, I don't – I'm not – I don't have the fandom pick to pick a random guy off of a team from the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, or the, even the 10s. So I'm going to go with just pure stats here and fill out my catcher spot since the top three were gone. And you got to do it sometimes. You got you got to do it sometimes, man. You only had the one season, so you pretty much mentioned everything you could have mentioned for, for uh, Bill Delancey. But good way to end it off, man, especially since the other guys took three catchers already when uh, Nick, you know, Rob fucking that Corey uh, pick. But Rob Branson, man, you're up right now. You have your last pick. Who are you taking to finish it off? Ooh, to close it off, guys, it has been a fun draft to say the least. Uh, you know, looking at the board, there, there is still quite a bit of names that you could get crafty with or, you know, some, some Cardinal Hall of Famers, not necessarily MLB Hall of Famers. But I think from looking at everyone's lineup, uh, well done. I think everyone just kind of nailed it on the head. To close it out, uh, I, I need a closer. <laughs> so I, so the irony in that, to close out the draft, and I, I need to close it and shut the door. Uh, a guy that is is notable for his uh, long facial hair and beard, uh, guy with 68 wins, 71 losses, not necessarily win-loss for a closer, but 300 saves uh, to his name. Uh, I'm going to close it off with Bruce Suter. Nice. Hall of Famer. Absolutely. That's a, that's a great way to finish it off, man. All right, so now, now that we, we have that done, let me read you out your your, your uh, roster here, and I'm going to ask you how you feel about it right after that, all right? So Rob Branscombe, man, you took Albert Pujols to start it off. He's going to be playing left field for you. Follow that up with Chris Carpenter, Mark McGuire, Scott Rowland, Ted Simmons, Kurt Flood, Adam Wainwright, Larry Walker, Matt Morris, Placido Polanco, Jose Kindo, and Bruce Sutter, man. How do you feel about your team? Man, I, I feel pretty good about it knowing that I went outfield heavy and, and started to get my two key aces uh, for my starting lineup, I definitely missed a lot on the infield. And Nick and Rob really made me pay for it. But I, I feel like I took the – not necessarily – they're not scraps, but I, I'm definitely well-rounded as, as a ball club. Um, I, I still have got the Colton Wong thing in my head, necessarily with the with Rob's pick with Jack Flaherty. You know, just a great pick. And I know that it's just kind of a forecast, but – Man, I, I'm well-rounded, and uh, I like where I'm sitting right now. All right, man, I like it. I think I think you did pretty well there, man. Uh, Nick, your team, you started off with Stan the Man Usual, followed by Roger Hornsby, Johnny Mize, Ozzy Smith, Ken Boyer, Mr. Eno Slaughter, Dizzy Dean. You went back-to-back great names there. Uh, Harry, uh, and you got a – what's his name, Brashire? Brakeen. 
Burkeen, Harry Burkeen, uh, Moore Cooper, Lee Smith as your closer, Joe Medwick, and Bill Delaney as your catcher, man. How do you feel about your team? I'm really happy with it because I got to start off with Stan Musial and I had I did I didn't even write him down. I had to look up all of his stats to get him right real quick because I that just didn't think I would happen. So to get him and Roger Hornsby, who I have both of those guys are in my top three for Cardinals all time. So I have two of the top three guys. But my soul was definitely snatched because I had Jim Edmonds written in my outfield. And I had Joe Torrey written in as my catcher. And I had Chris Carpenter in my starting pitching. So those areas are lacking for me. But overall, I'm very happy. I didn't think I would get Ozzie Smith in the fourth round. So I'm pretty happy with my team. Yeah, man, I'll say, I'll say this, man. Your top four picks, you know, absolutely great. You know what I mean? When you, we talk about a four-pick uh, turn there of Musial, Hornsby, Mize and Smith. That's a great way to start off the, you know, start off the draft. You got four Hall of Famers right there. Uh, Rob, let me, I mean, OG Rob, let me read off your team. You got Bob Gibson. You took Yachty, Lou Brock. Then you, you, you got your snatching souls with Jim Edmonds. You took Chuck, Chuck Haley, uh, the mustache, Keith Hernandez, John Tudor, Jill Torrey, Edgar Renneria, Jason Isrenhauser, Isrenhausen. Uh, Jim Bottomley, and you finished it off with Jack Flattery, man. How do you feel about your team? Yeah, I, I feel really good. Um, I think that I think I, I did a really good job of balancing the, the team out as well as I could. Um, I have undisputably the best starting pitcher in franchise history. I have the top catcher in franchise history. I probably have the top center fielder in franchise history. I have the top stolen base getter in franchise history in Lou Brock, um, and a lot of good players after that as well. Um, I will say the the Jim Edmonds and the Jim Edmonds and Joe Torrey pick probably my favorite picks. Anytime I can hop on here and make uh, Nick's life, <laughs> anytime I can hop on here and make, make Nick's life difficult, um, it's a great day for me. Um, and I will say one more thing about my team: it the, the only thing, the only pick that hurt me was the Ozzie Smith pick a little bit because I was really going for building a, a defensive juggernaut, which I still think I did. Like my, my team is like a minus in terms of, of defense. Like we talked earlier about how many was it? 82, 83 gold gloves that, that the St. Louis Cardinals franchise has. Um, I have 32 of them on my team right now. If I had added Ozzie Smith, it would have been 46, I believe. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a very powerhouse heavy defensive team that I got here, but I'm definitely happy with it. All right, man, got all of it, dude. And yeah, that, that is a very uh, strong defensive team there. You have a, uh, you know, the Cardinals are one of those fundamental. Like even till today, they have they're one of the most fundamental teams out there. I remember back in 2018, they had a year where they were a little bit deficient. So when it came to the 2019 season, that's the one thing they really pushed on their players in spring training and throughout their, you know, going up to the season, they wanted to make sure that they narrowed that they brought that number down and narrowed their their mistakes whether it be getting the ball to the infield faster or you know just just the little things that make you better throughout a season and they, they really focus on that in the 2019 season and you know that that really good success this year so cardinals are always or have always been a really good defensive team to to some extent man yo rob so before we get out of here not 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 og rob og rob i'm done with you i'm talking about rap to, to rob branscom now Hey man, what is what is like one moment in Cardinal history that you're never gonna forget that that you saw yourself? Well, I, I think it goes with you know sports in general, and I know I'm I'm gonna dance around the topic, but there's there's two moments that I remember personally watching that I, I would never ever forget, and I know that you guys are 
probably already thinking uh, game six of the 11 World Series. Uh, that is number one. I know that it gets it gets replayed often in, in the top 10 baseball moments or whatnot. And I think it gets tainted for that. But to, to be watching that in 11 and, and thinking, man, like we're down to two strikes. We got two outs. Like, like the Rangers are about to close us up, man. Like, like we weren't even supposed to be here in, in that, this place. Uh, and Freeze's moment in game six, send it to game seven, and then just even falling behind early in game seven and be able to come back and win the series as a whole. That's one moment I'm not going to forget. Uh, one that is kind of random, not really random, but uh, one that doesn't have anything led to a World Series would be the 2005 uh, NLCS against Houston. Uh, Brad Lidge serving up a hanging slider to Pujols who just sends a towering shot uh, at Minute Maid. Ultimately lost the World Series, uh, ultimately lost the NLCS, and they they would go on uh, to lose to the White Sox in the 05 World Series. But that's just one moment that, like I said, we're, uh, the backs are against the wall, but all time uh, would definitely be game six of uh, the 11 World Series. I love it, man. And, and, you know, that I think when it comes to like best moments in Cardinals history, that definitely goes down as probably the, you know, one of the top two with, with uh, the Albert Bowles home run. Like that's that's what I remember, you know. What I mean, that's why I thought at that point there's nobody greater at this point in history right now, the baseball player, than than Albert Pujols. One of the guys who I'm kind of surprised, and I'm this question is for all of you guys. Did, did any of you think of drafting Matt Holiday? Yeah, it came across without question, and and you could put him in first base position, or you could put him somewhere in the outfield. I think for me, that's that's where I went with my Larry Walker pick, and I straight I went strictly with stats. I know as a fan, I definitely go with Matt Holiday, but you know, with Larry Walker and his his long longer career, he has a little bit better numbers than him. But as a fan, you know, Matt Holiday was without question on my mind of of selecting him. He did have defensive faults. Don't think that he was just an absolute gold glover out in the field. You know, he was to be drafted as a as a guy in football. Uh, ultimately, made the decision to go to baseball. He has so much raw power. He's so strong. Uh, I think he would have been best suited, to be honest with you if he would have been an American League guy his whole career, sitting in a DH position. Uh, ultimately, that didn't go his way whenever he was drafted by the Rockies and then went to Oakland for a little bit, and then the Cardinals snagged him uh, in 2009. So I think that gets misplaced a little bit. I had him written down, but I had guys like Willie McGee, Vince Coleman over yeah. him, even Ray Langford. Um, so, and there were other guys that weren't drafted, like Jesse Burkett, Les Mann, that I probably would have, even though they played in younger days, I probably would have gone with them over, over Holiday. Yeah, I think I think the thing that the thing that hurt is they have so many options in the outfield, but it's like the issue that we had in the Mets draft where you have so many options at first base that only play first base. So once you take a first baseman, like, for example, you have like a a Vince Coleman or a Lankford who only play the outfield. So once you fill in the outfield, like Vince Coleman was a guy who I was thinking of, because, look, if I can have Vince Coleman and Lou Brock just out there stealing bases like that, that that's a good old fun time but you know once you fill out the rest of your outfield and then at the same time there are even other names that we left out there like if you look at isolate one or two seasons like for example like a carlos beltran had a good seasons there lance berkman had like one really good year there yeah. orlando cepeda yeah. won an mvp there um for that one season that he was there in st louis and i think frankie fridge who was also second baseman is also a former uh mvp as well as uh willie mcgee who they yep. made like, so we left some former MVPs out there. It's just, you know, when, when you're isolating things and looking at numbers like that, that tends to happen. 
That's a great point. And, and especially speaking as, as a Cardinal fan, I, I think that even sometimes in Cardinal Nation, we forget about the, the one or one year or two year stint guys. Like Larry right. Walker just in my head. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you could go with Matt Holiday, Larry Walker, Carlos Beltran. I mean, Lance Berkman. I mean, all these guys are pretty much well rounded, can sit at the table uh, right. with their stats to speak for themselves. And the Cardinals are notable for that. They are well not. If you could, I mean, like I said, you could just go pick gold nuggets out of random years. You're like, oh, I had no idea. I had no idea that guy was there. Right. Plus, you know, with the trade deadlines and it's spending even less than a year. I mean, Cardinals are notable for doing that over time, especially in my in my lifetime of, of being a Cardinal fan. There you go, man. Hey, look, we love it. And with that, yo, Rob, thanks for being on with us, man. We we, we appreciate it. Anytime we get a fan of a team to come on and draft with us, it's something, it's something special because we see it from from that fan's perspective. So, so thank you for coming on, man. We, we really appreciate having you on here. Uh, that was a great draft, man. So, and ho- hopefully we can have you on again sometime. Maybe as uh, the Cardinal season goes on, we can, we can ask you some, some questions uh, as far as what their 60 game season is going. Like, um, you know, for, for, for Rob and Nick, man, thank you guys for being here again. Everybody else find us on SAW on Facebook. It's, it's sports, it's specialized sports world analysis worldwide. Find us on there. Uh, get into to some comments. Trust me, you, you always have people answering back. You'll have people in, to engage with, no matter what you're into, man. Like baseball, football, soccer, wrestling. I, I know, uh, you know, OG Rob will be here. He's he's part of uh, that crew too a little bit. So if you can, man, look, come check us out. We have we have really exciting stuff coming forward. We're, we're at the point where we're starting to get some of the media guys out there. We just had. Um, somebody from Bleacher Report come on the Osun Ape show. We're going to have someone from Bleacher Report be on our show on Wednesday. So look out for that, man. And, and we'll catch you guys later. Peace out, man. Enjoy the rest of your week.